0: Thank you for joining us on the business mentor podcast, I want to give a special shout out to Surfshark, who are our sponsors today. Um, so Surfshark is a BPN service that makes online privacy and protection easy and attainable. So Surfshark encrypts all your internet traffic sent to and from your devices. Now we all know how important it is to have your data protected in this day and age and to secure your digital data. So we spend a lot of our time on the internet. We have like six to eight hours a day. The internet knows a lot about us and that's we, why we should care about online data. Use Surfshot to encrypt your personal information and send it via a VPN tunnel. So lots of other protection the protect yourself from targeted ads. They're a smarter way of looking at different networks and also protects your ID, ID theft. Is increasingly common and scary crime. So Surfshark helps you hack lock using a system called Hatlock, allows you to alert you anytime your email address or password is compromised. Now for our listeners, we've got a very special offer. Now Surfshark VPN is giving 83% off to all our podcast subscribers and listeners. All you need to do is go to wwwhyphen forward slash for our surfshark deals slash bmp podcast and then use a promo code BM podcast the links will be in the show notes so you can go there get 83% off and an extra month just for using it check it out I recommend it I recommend protecting your stuff as online so uh, yeah check it out thank you let's go through to the podcast welcome to the business mentor podcast This podcast
1: is where we share and discuss the experiences, ideas, and happenings in the world of business. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction in your journey. Introducing your host, award winning entrepreneur and
0: Prince's Trust business mentor, Jay Dillon. Neville, welcome to the podcast. I'm going to lean over and shake your hand. (laughs) Thank you very much. On camera looks like I haven't got the long enough arm. Um, I want to thank you for coming down today with with Marilyn. Thank you so much for coming down. really appreciate that. First time in Derby? It is, yes. So far so good? Um, Yes. The water's good? It's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah. um, So I've known Neville for about a year now. Uh, We interviewed Neville on my podcast very early on. And now we're obviously recording it to... Um, YouTube and our video media. I really wanted to get him back in and talk about his amazing journey. Now, if you haven't read the book, you need to read this book. This book is amazing, and it's and, and we're just talking off air about how it's written, and it's written in a way that it's, it goes forward, it goes back, and I think it really works, and it got me really engaged about your story to where you are, to where you are. Was that written in a certain particular way, or was that planned? Or was just, I, um
1: I, I when I was writing it, I was thinking of things and um i didn't want to uh forget about it yeah. so i put it in and i go forward and backwards yes. and um but when you look at a uh, a film yeah the film uh, whatever film it is it goes from one scene to another backwards yeah. and forwards yes and so it's really uh yeah. like that but it was really i was thinking of things on my uh while i was writing it that I didn't want to forget. I wanted to put the content in
0: so yeah. people didn't miss it. Right. So that's why it's back and forward. Yeah, know. yeah, and it works. Like you're right. Nowadays, I think I was watching the Netflix, and I find it fascinating. They go back, they come back, yeah. the storytelling. Yes. and because you've actually been there and done it, and that's what I like about mentoring and business mentoring because you can go back on real experiences and share the story. Yes, and, and I, that's book. what
1: I wanted to do. I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to, uh, because I've got ADHD and dyslexia and I, and I forget. And then I think, what, what was that about? But that's why I wrote it down. Yeah. That's why I wrote it as it, as it is.
0: Yeah, and uh, the book goes into so much detail. So I want to stop. so currently at the moment, just tell us what you're doing at the moment, I'm going to go back and then we'll come back around again. Uh, we're
1: building um, lots of commercial Units at the moment sheds. We call them right Um, big sheds anything up to a couple of hundred thousand square foot Uh, Bigger if anybody wants them and and what we do mainly we let them to um, uh, Tenants sometimes we sell and uh, That's our main business. We've got about ten different companies Uh, One is uh, renovating old property, uh, bespoke, you know, stone property. Um, One's building new properties, um, investing in lots of different um, companies and on the money side, you know, with uh, people like Barclays and uh, investing in, yep. in, in um, stocks.
0: You're and, still involved in the business. you know. Still things.
1: involved, yes. And I like to uh, be hands-on yep. and um, see what's happening and keep it real. Yeah, and it real. Uh, so I was there out at 7 o'clock yesterday morning and um, we were preparing uh, a 40,000-square-foot building for uh, AstraZeneca who was moving in. Nice. And the um, a, And a tenant was coming out. And they've been in there five years, and so I went in with a team of people and cleared it out and tied it up, made sure the drains were working, and yeah. the, and then the roof was clean and everything. And and so and it was a, it, everything is a goal within a goal because yeah. I wanted to push. Uh, the, we'd only got so much time; we'd only got three days as a turnaround to um, well, clean this place up. And my goal is twenty thousand uh, um, steps a day. <laughs> Don't always get there, yeah, but um, that's that, so that's my goal, you know, it's like a goal within a goal. Also, I've got the phone on, um, so I can do a, a deal if I need to. I'm always on the phone and um, I'm, I'm there micromanaging as well. And yeah. so, yeah, not always micromanaging, but on certain
0: things when there's a time limit. Because you mentioned the book, because I know you, what you're writing, that was 2014, that book was. They're still relevant today. And you mentioned why you're writing the book. You had so many multiple screens open. You're yeah, learning, you know, learning, constant learning. You know. Well, today we come to Derby uh, from Peterborough,
1: and um, I've got an audio book on. Yeah. So the phone was going, the audio book was on. We was chatting about different things, uh, directions mainly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <Yeah, so. laughs> and. Um, and so, yeah, m- multiple things yeah. at once.
0: Use every minute of the uh, of of the day. And then you'll be onto the the business mentor podcast now on audio. Yeah, so you've listened to that. So go back. To, so going back to your story, because you know that's where you are now. Especially, obviously, you sold the business, and that was a great achievement. I want to go back into yeah. kiddie care. Yeah, um, but your backstory, you know, the challenges. Remember, you're buying 72 St Martin Street. That's our first um, house for 650 pounds.
1: And you were 17. Um, I was. Uh, I think I just about 18. You were 18. 17, wasn't you? And um, yeah. Uh, and uh, for people who are looking at this, Marilyn is at the back of the camera, We've not got a TV the camera, behind the camera. But, so you know. uh, um, yeah. So she's in the studio today, and uh, yeah. So we was uh, wanting to like every couple yep. wanting a new house so we went uh, to try and get a mortgage on a three thousand pound new house and they said you haven't got a hope in in the world of with what you're earning and yep. they didn't take the girls wages in those days and uh, so so our dream and our desires was a brand new house like every new young couple yeah um and it was impossible so Instead of looking at something near to that price, uh, we went the opposite way. What was the lowest price we could find? What was the worst property probably because um, we had £600 and £650 and that's what we got to spend and we made an offer on a derelict place and got it. So we started the opposite end, which was a brilliant thing for us because if we'd have started with a brand new place yeah. with a mortgage, I'd have probably been there for 25 years paying the mortgage off, but with it being the opposite way, I had to, what I suppose people call hustle, you know, I yeah, had yeah. to uh, go and um, uh, and uh, renovate it. Yeah. Uh, luckily I'd got my father who was a carpenter and he helped.
0: Yeah, for our listeners, um, what year was it? Because this is a monopoly. 1968. 1968 wow yeah. and there was 656 it was 1075
1: pound in peterborough uh in 1968 you could well from we looked from 1966 67 68 so we probably looked at 200 properties yeah. in that in that time because um well wow. we never used to go out because Marilyn's father wouldn't let her go to a A nightclub or a pub or anyway so we we walked we walked the streets and uh, what do you do you look at property this is what you want your ambition your and so we that was our thing to do that was our pleasure (laughs) it was and um, 1968 you could uh, get there was dozens of houses for around uh, 1500 pounds in Peterborough because these houses had been rented from the in the 40s from the war times right, okay. and uh, people landlords couldn't put the rent up so there was a rent cap on it, there was a rent cap that was it yeah so the properties were worth nothing people had been in there like 30 40 years and and the landlords wasn't getting anything right so it's an ideal time. So landlords you know, wanted opportunity. Exit. Yeah. There was, but we didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah. But ever since then, we've we've realised all the way along.
0: There's opportunities. Yeah, and um, where you're got- looking. And then you know, from from, from that cause was that your first? Because you talk a lot in the book about property and you know renovating properties and challenges. Did you like? Was that one of your passions? Uh, renovating the project or just something just the passion was that we would live together
1: yeah. we'd have to get married because in those days you couldn't just go and live together like you can now yeah so the thing was we needed a house to live yeah. in okay and um we didn't want to rent we didn't want to give somebody else our money yeah um so we wanted our own. We wanted to be secure, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of people think security is owning your own house, which is is good and is part of security. but security is also in your mind. That's right. but we, we believed at that time that we would be secure if we had our own house. Yeah And, um, and so that's what drove us. So property was just one of those things that uh, you need. Or we needed to live in. We never ever thought it would be an asset where you could remortgage it and buy something else and and grow a business. It wasn't. It was the furthest thing from our mind. Although our ambition was always to work together because we knew the strengths and weaknesses of us. Uh, together, we were stronger yeah. than working for other people. Um, with our weaknesses yeah because uh, people find your weaknesses and um, and, th- and that is a problem and you go through life with your weaknesses so you don't do things but together we were stronger
0: we yeah. could help each other yeah and you're aligned going yes. in the same direction yes. and, and so buying the house could you talk about the philosophy in the book is you know the answer is yes and now what's the question yes or was that one of those moments where you said right okay we'll buy this house now, what's the question? Is that is that no, no? The the title from the book came from um,
1: two weeks after going into business. Now, this was like uh, eight years later when when we was twenty four. Yep. We went into business because again our backs were against the wall. I was on welfare, and uh, we there was a million unemployed in the country, and there was there was no jobs. And who would give a dyslexic a job over somebody else who could read? I'd got no chance in those days. So so the thing was, um, we started with 37 pence to buy a piece of scrim, which is a cloth for cleaning windows. And we were desperate for money. So after about two weeks, people would... um, say, never. while you're here, can you clean the gutters out? And of course, i get a pound for cleaning gutters and 30 pence for cleaning the windows. windows. Yeah. So cleaning windows would take 20 minutes. A gutter would take probably 10 minutes. So um, you've only got to work that out. I was, I'd rather clean gutters than windows. And then people go, can you clean my drain? Can you mend my fence? So I'd always say yes. So yep. a, a lady come out one day and she said, uh, she looked up the ladder and she said, Neville, can you, while you're here, can you? And I said, yes, I can. And she says, I've not asked the question yet. Yeah. And I said, I'll do anything that you want me to do. Yeah. Because. With a reason. As, well, as like <laughs> my mother would, uh, I would he- hear my mother's voice. Yeah. You know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be as long as it's uh, uh, legal. Yeah. And not a moral. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and in, in so your, you had some in, in your yeah. eyes, yes, yeah. because my mother, whatever <laughs> I would do, my mother would say,
0: Lord Jesus will punish you one day. <laughs> and yeah. it was like, whatever. Well, that was you the know? example you gave about, was it the sand? You got that sand. Oh, uh, my uh, goodness. That was on that she mentioned that yeah. in the book, Company you mentioned? Yeah. And, uh, and taking um, that sand in it, wasn't good. And, and, and it did. You know, yeah. you, you, get, you get punished, you do. Because in the book, you mentioned about, you know, when you were cleaning windows. Yes. And obviously, when when you go to people, they kind of say, oh, it was 30p at the time. Yes, it was. They wanted to pay you 20p. And I think yeah. you, you said no at the time, because you thought they were like, you know, trying to haggle you down, which we do in property and business anyway. But then you saw the bigger opportunity. I, I did. I did. Uh, because people try
1: and take advantage of you. I thought... Uh, the the thing was, they say how much do you charge? I say thirty pence yeah. to clean your windows, and they go, oh well. I tell you what, for fifteen pence, I'll just have the upstairs done. My husband can clean the downstairs. Yeah. And I used to think, well, that's not fair. Yeah. But there was only negotiating. Like when I went and said to uh, the estate agent, I'll give you six hundred and fifty pounds for that one thousand and seventy five pound house. I was negotiating. Yeah. Um. And, and that's what people were doing with me, but I couldn't see that. I thought they was taking advantage. I could have said, no, I'll do, it for, I'll do the upstairs for 20 pence. You know, uh, But I didn't, I walked away from them, which was silly. And by the way, I didn't go into the estate agent and say, I'll give you 650 pound because I was too frightened to do that. Yeah. I, I was too embarrassed. But I'd got a father-in-law, which was uh, I thought was crazy. Yeah. Uh, he didn't care what he said to people. We certainly didn't care what he said to me. <laughs> um, so he said, "I will go and I'll I'll give the offer because it wouldn't have made any difference to him whether they said no." Yeah. Uh, but it would have to me. I would have never gone in that estate agents again. I would be too uh, embarrassed. But he went in. So a great lesson for me very early on, at 18, was if you can get somebody else with a better skill set than you yeah. to do something and you are uh, both of you then will gain um, that that's, that was a great lesson because he went in offered the price i paid it it was um, it, it was great yeah. so use other people's skills don't don't take advantage of other people yeah. because that's wrong that's you know right, it should yeah. be a win-win situation Used other people's skills, and
0: um, yeah, we all have different strengths. Yes, you know, and, and working as a team makes makes you stronger. You, you know, you mentioned seeing the opportunity. We saw that. I can remember. Well, you'll probably relate to this. I think it was two thousand, just quite the recession. Um, New Look, the fashion brand, they had just come into my first location, Burton on Trent, and they went to all the agencies and they said, "Look, we want to get some contractors, but we're not going to pay you profit." Because we're testing a new idea, so the, so they won't pay the pay the wages, but you won't get the profit margins. Right. So I can remember speaking to my mentor, and I said everyone turned it down because obviously it's a recession; everyone needs money. But I said, you know what? We'll do it. And I can remember uh, I met, met the ops manager John at the time. Went there, we serviced it, we over delivered on it, and e commerce went that way, and that turned to multi million pound contract for us. Because we saw the opportunity. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of relate to that example of always looking what opportunity, rather than thinking they're trying to rip you off. It's, you know. it, here's one it's just
1: reminded me. In, in um, the recession, there was uh, this building that I was looking at, and uh, I'd been looking at it before the recession, in 2006, this yeah. building. And every time I went to to uh, uh, speak to the agent, the price would go up and it went up like from eight eight million to nine, 10, 11. And at the height in 2006, it was 11 million pounds. Wow. And it was crazy because people was just loading the prices because there was a, a demand and um, the supply wasn't there. So anyway, they didn't sell this. So then it came down, come tumbling down. And uh, I offered uh, seven, uh, and seven million. Yeah. And this was just before the Christmas. Uh, I can't remember what, what year, probably 2008, something yeah. like that. And, um, and they said, no, because we just sold it for seven and a half. <laughs> right. After Christmas, yeah. these people had fell out. Yeah. And they said, Can we, we'll take the seven. I said, well, property prices are falling like a stone. I can't do it. Oh. And, and they kept on. Every day there was ring, ring, ring. Give us, give us an offer. Give us, and I kept. Saying, I, I was too embarrassed to give you an offer. Yeah. And they go, we don't care. We won't just give us an offer. What you can pay, and I said four million. And they go, you must be joking. We yeah. wouldn't take anything over five. And the next day they rang. us said offer. They said we'll take the four million. Wow. Right now, there was nobody about to um, uh, rent that property at the normal price of about six pounds square foot. Right, okay. I put it on the market at two pounds square foot. I let it straight away. And everybody goes, you're mad. Why would you do that? I go, well, I've got a property sitting empty. I've just yeah. paid four million pound for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now that property has, um, has gone up by 500,000 a year. Wow. since yeah. we've had that. It's, it's, uh, it's worth ten million pounds now. Uh, we're getting uh, seven hundred thousand rent off it. So, so th- therefore, we get the value is one point two million to us. And what we're paying one hundred and thousand in tax. Yeah, the, and we can borrow money on that. Can so, it, yeah. so we can leverage it, and the the. They've just taken a, a longer lease because yeah. the people are in there and uh, uh, and they're established. Yeah. It's a big company. And uh, so that's what happens. You know, there is, in the depth of a recession, there is um, uh, opportunities as, as well as... Um,
0: yeah, I think that's so right. And even the, in the recession, w- recruitment, what goes first, jobs and houses. You know, I thought in 2000, after three years of good growth... We bought the cars, the Mines I've got a model of the Aston Mons just to remind me of what it was like driving that and having a business going down. And just speaking with my mentor, and we, we kind of changed from permanent recruitment to contract recruitment. Because what did everyone want? Everyone wanted flexible staff. Yes. So just by changing your mindset and looking at the opportunities rather than putting your head in the sand, you never know what can happen. Obviously, no. the story was on. So yeah, um, so with you, you talk in your story, you talk about your father and your father-in-law. Right. And I kind of by reading it, kind of thought they're like your mentors and they taught you so much. So what kind of lessons did you get early on? Because I know they played a, a big part in you know, your journey. They were my
1: mentors. Well, uh, Marilyn's father, uh, one thing he said to me um, was, open your eyes. And, and I, I thought, what's he talking about? Open your eyes. Uh, and, and he's right because he was in business he took his father's business and his father was a very cruel man um, and he treated him very very badly but his father was a baker and he had a fantastic baker's uh, business in throughout the war and before the war and he could have sold it for 10 times his profit but he was too greedy to sell it he wanted uh, he wanted the money. He wanted his cake and eat it. He didn't want to work there because he wanted to retire, but he still wanted the money. So, this is what happens with a lot of people: they they lose their desire and their will to work, but they still want the money. Yeah. And he didn't sell it when he had the opportunity because people was coming to him saying, "Will you sell your business?" Will he? And he goes, "No, no, he's, he's making too much money." Yeah. Then um, after all the bread a uh, slicing machine came in. The big bakeries started to manufacture uh, bread and yep. then distribute it, not like uh, he was doing. And uh, so it went downhill. And as it went downhill, he sold it to his son. And just as all the machinery was breaking, they needed new trucks. And uh, and his son was a baker. He wasn't a business person. This is my father-in-law. Yeah. And so he... he he knew about baking, but he didn't know about business Yeah, because his father would do all that. And uh, anyway, he had a nervous breakdown, unfortunately, and uh, and that was the end of the business. So I learned a lot from him about that. And I thought it was crazy because every day he'd say to me, what, you, what about this? What about that? Yeah. Here's a great way to make money. And I kept thinking, well, if it was so great, why don't you do it yourself? But of course, he'd been hammered. Cold, he'd, yeah. go, he'd had a nervous breakdown and he wasn't. He couldn't do it, yeah. But he was telling me to do it, and I thought he was, um, um, I thought he was just putting me down. Why don't you do this? Why don't you? Yeah. Do but he wasn't putting me down. He was. I I realised later on in life that he was teaching me. And my father, again, he was a, a, a really skilled carpenter and cabinet maker and French polisher and uh, after the war unfortunately they kept his job open throughout the war and he came back and he went into a job the best thing would what would have happened is if they said there's no job he would have had to have gone on his own yeah he made his own caravan which we had holidays in for 12 years and he was a skilled person and and people would come to him and say would you go into business with me and he'd go, no because I've got three children and I dared't." And he was afraid. And he kept saying to me from when I was four years old, I should have. yeah, I should have. And in my mind, I heard that 10,000 times, I should have I should have gone into business with Mr. Dobson or I should have gone into business making caravans. And it put into my mind, I will never say I should have. I do say it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you say the but, book is off you, when you're going from job to job. Yeah, and you it's like, yeah. so what is the worst thing that can happen if you if you um, finish what you don't like and go on to doing something that you do like and want yeah. to look after yourself? What is the worst thing that can happen? And then what would you do? Yeah. Well, you'd probably go back to your job, but I do believe that you should always burn your bridges. And that's what we did, you know. When uh, I was on the welfare and I wanted two pounds a week more, I was begging for another two pound to feed my wife and child. And uh, and they said, if you want another two pound, have another baby. Yeah. And it's like the conflict in my mind yeah. was like, what? I can't afford to feed the one I've got, and you're telling me no. if you want two pounds, have another baby. Well, if I'd have took their advice, they'd have... There'd been three generations on welfare now. Yeah, there would. Um, but I, I was so disgusted. I was, uh, I, I was, um, I can't describe it how I felt. Anyway, I told them that uh, they can't look after me, and uh, so I had this conflict with yeah. the boy on the other side, and and I realised. Uh, afterwards, why the counter in a welfare office is so high, or in those days was so high and so wide, right. because I just wanted to pull him over <laughs> yeah, the yeah, desk, and and so I was so angry, and um, I said, "You can't look after me," and he said, "Are you saying you want to sign yourself off?" And I said, "I do." Yeah, I in those days the unions were all powerful, yeah. and I thought if I said yes. I want to sign myself off. He would say, Oh, no, don't do that. Yeah. I'll give you the two pounds. But of course, he didn't. Yeah. I signed myself off and I walked out saying sod them. And then I realized I got on my bike and I cried on the way home because I thought I'd let Marilyn down. I'd lost the money for that week. And that's when I burnt my bridges. I said, I have got to be responsible for myself. Never before had I ever been responsible. At the age of 24, if there was a problem, it was somebody else's fault. It yeah. was the employer's fault. Yeah, it was yeah. the government's fault. It was the system. Everything was wrong and it wasn't me. And then I burnt my bridges and I said, I'll never go cap in hand to anyone ever again. And I didn't kind of believe it because I wasn't that type of person.
0: But I had to, you know. I- yeah, and I think, you know, burning bridges... You know I did it myself with my agency but I think it is a tough decision to do that and um, one of the reasons for my podcast is because like your father-in-law um, you know for the Prince's Trust I give a lot back with the Prince's Trust helping young entrepreneurs as a charity but I think because it's a tough decision it's so helpful to have a mentor or someone that can guide you through them earlier steps and hopefully people listening to this story will just say to them, look it is tough but if you get the right knowledge you do the right things it can work, um, but you've got to burn some kind of bridge because that to me is commitment. You're committed, you can't, like you said, make an excuse. Or- you, you can't make excuses. excuse.
1: A lot of people will say to me, oh, I tell my children that to get a trade because if they want to then go into a business, they can fall back on the trade. Well, yeah. they always will fall back because you know when the shit hits the fan in business yeah. and 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 nothing works, you lose your contract and you've got no money coming in and you're desperate. You'll go back to your trade. No, don't have a trade. Burn yeah. your bridges yeah. and
0: and you and go forward. Yeah, because I used to think it was a real uh, downside not having a skill, Well, actually I think it's good to have a general skill because you can employ sales staff, you can employ videographers. Because then you've got to think creatively. Otherwise, if you're really good at one thing, you're going to spend your time just doing that. So, yes. in a sense, what you said is actually right. Well,
1: you've only just got to look around. in In those days, you uh, you if you had a coke or a, a bottle of beer or something, yeah. then then you you'd pay threepence for um, a returnable bottle. Yeah, and people yeah. didn't. They thought threepence, and they'd throw them away. I collect. When I was a kid, I used to collect those. Uh, take them home, wash them, and take them to the off-licence and, and get my money back. Yep. Or get my money back, get their money back. Yep. So it was like money for nothing. And it, yep. everything is around you. There's scrap and rubbish. You, we turned that into money. So yep. that led on to, um, well, it led on and to uh, time and motion. So you don't lose any time and because um, uh, you can work and earn money. And and don't have any waste. Yeah. So don't throw that half a bag of cement away. Don't throw that half a, a gallon of paint away. You know, like a lot of people do at the end of the job, it goes in the skip. Well, yeah. we never, because we started when we was in business. The the um, window cleaning went on to property maintenance, went on to uh, painting and decorating, building, and then. We didn't want to lose any time, so we bought a, another a terrace house so we could do it up when it was raining or when we had some spare materials. And and that's how we grew the business.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, my listeners now could be young listeners and they think like you, the way you did it, we're in a different era now. And I can see that if you can see the cast areas there, that's what we used to sell the little click offs. Yeah, yeah. So even when they were getting sold in AdMag, from AdMag, we used to get them and resell them. So that was in my generation. I'm a daughter. Um, I encourage her. She's only nine years old now, and she sells things on eBay, it's my yeah. old phones, and she's generated money. So yeah. the principles, some people might look back and say, Well, that was then, but well, you could just gotta choose the, the opportunity same. now.
1: It's it, buying it, and selling. It's the same. Now nowadays there is far more opportunity, yeah. but I think the Although the opportunity is there, there's more procrastination.
0: Yeah. people
1: want to see instant results, and they want to um, they want to become a millionaire overnight. Yeah, and and that's that ain't going to happen. The other thing is that uh, children have um, uh, with the technology, yeah. they have n- not. They're not able to go out. Um, like we were, we were put out uh, in the morning and we came home at night. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but parents are scared now. They don't want their kids to go out in the streets and, um, uh, and so therefore they're on these uh, gaming machines or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and they, they need to. It's um, probably my daughter there in the <laughs> Yeah, she's probably going to sell something. She's probably going no, to sell. It's of a good deal, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so a lot of children are restricted.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, And and um and they're given money instead of earning money. Yeah. And I think at six years old, you should encourage your children to uh, have money and do what they like with it. But they need to. It's a reward for doing something. Yeah. Give them chores. You know, even if it's if they can't go out and get a job yeah. because they obviously don't I don't think they allow kids nowadays to go out and get a milk round
0: no not well and a uh, well, paper think, round well, um, we, I used to paper like I said we'll get your bike nine o'clock yeah. my stories around when I started the paper round and it's funny because one article because through the Prince of Trust I got to meet Prince Charles and one title was from paper boy to palace and that was quite quite <laughs> nice you <laughs> know nice. from starting the paper I round. Like but that. you've got to involve the children around what is available now and yes. you're right you know we've got two very young children five and nine I get the ages wrong sometimes um, but we're more aware and we try to protect him more but like you said my daughter just say go on, go on play football on the field and see you later and that kind of me makes you more independent but everyone's got different challenges you know yes. um, we were just doing a thing on private schools because both my daughters go to a private school right well i went to the worst school in derby which got bulldozed down And my reason for sending on there, because when I was younger, even though we were on the streets with a knife put to my throat, only nine years old, for me that was my reason to make sure I protect my daughter, so we don't go through that. But I don't know if that experience has defined who I am now. It's hard to tell, and it's ever challenging. Yeah, but you need to let them do that. Things don't
1: change. I mean, there's there's a lot of stabbings going on, but I got stabbed at four years old by by some other kid in the street. You Know so things don't change, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just a parent's uh, pa- parents' um, change, um, because you're not allowed to deal with it, yeah, uh, yourself like you were all those years ago, yeah. Uh, and so things have changed there, but the technology now, it you've just got to think, yeah, of what you can do with it, yeah. yeah. And um, and there's lots, lots of things out there,
0: yeah. It's funny because my over Christmas, my daughters, these lol dolls they like little dolls and the camper vans, so expensive. But they love them because they're watching YouTube. So I said to them, right, okay, let's do a YouTube video. Yeah. Expecting to get loads of views, and we got about 30, 40. My daughter goes, I need more views. But I said it's a patience game, as long as yeah. you enjoy it. Um but yeah, you we you gotta adapt with the times, yeah. and that's what we're trying to say. lots of out there. And what and people are looking for this
1: uh, um this success. Thing. Yes. And and they want instant. But the thing is, whatever you do, it will create something else and yeah. something else, and you don't know where your journey is going to take you. I mean, it's like um, somebody described: uh, if you're if you're driving at night, can you see your destination? No, you can only see two hundred foot in front of you because yes. that's where your lights are. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you should stop and yeah. say, "Well, I'll wait. I'll wait for it to be light." Then, but will will you see round the corner? You won't. You won't. I can't see from Peterborough to Derby. All I can see is the next hill, and and the thing is, people want to see their destination and want to be there, but you can't. Yeah. You've got to go to the next hill, to the next yeah. hill, and so on, or you, uh, or if you're driving at night, you can only see 200 foot, but you go, and then you can see the next and the next. Yeah. And one thing leads to another, yeah. and that's what happened. We didn't know we was going to get a shop, did we? Yeah. We got a shop because Marilyn wanted to come off the building site, and instead of doing the book work at night, she wanted to do it in the day, yeah. so we got a terraced house. We were going to convert it into an office. She said to me, "Look, there's four rooms. So I only need one." It, I was. We've got eight hours uh, a, a, a day. What will be open? Yeah. Uh, but um, I need. To, I book work will only take me two or three hours. So maybe you should sell something. So what did yeah. we know? What What could we sell? Um, well, we hadn't got any money. We'd got three hundred pounds saved up. So what could we what did we know? Well yeah. we'd had a child, we'd bought a second hand pram and a second hand cot and a second hand high chair and some clothes. So we knew everything. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah. they say ignorance is bliss and it probably is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so we went into the nursery business. But how come when we knew nothing and we started in that terraced house at two up, two down. And there was uh, at least 2,200 established nursery shops in 1977. In the UK? In the UK. Right, yeah. And some of them have been there 30, 40 years, yep. second generation. How come that these two kids that knew nothing yep. built the largest independent nursery business in the UK, knowing nothing? Yeah. Right, it's because we knew nothing. Yeah, yeah. we hadn't got any um, any preconceived ideas yeah. of how to treat the customer, how to buy, what to do. We learnt it, but we learnt it a little bit different.
0: Yeah, we that's did. interesting because when we went to Burton to go to donate, do you know Burton at all? Burton's but, probably like quarter the size of Derby. Oh, right. Derby's not. Burton on Trent. Burton right? on Trent. Right. So we I've went in there because I wanted that location. There was like. I did some research after, and there was 200 recruitment agencies in Burton. And had I known that before, I probably would have got put off. But because I just got on with it and just did it, we came one of the top five within a couple of years, um, just by doing things differently, challenging the norm. Because we didn't know anything better, like you said, yeah. After after a few months, reps
1: started coming in. So we dropped the second hand, and we was buying new, because reps had found us, and... uh, by, by, and once a rep finds you, by word of mouth, all the other reps come in. And one of them said, uh, what What on earth have you started a nursery shop for? It is the worst time since the last war. It's the population, uh, the birth yeah. rate has gone down and down and down to the lowest. Why have you? And I go, it's great. And he said, how come it's great? You know, yeah. I go, because we've only one way to go and that's up. <laughs> <laughs> you now if it's the lowest it's ever been yeah, the yeah, last yeah. 15 years or so yeah then it can only go one way and it goes oh, I never thought of it that way so
0: it was that you see that mind shift is is amazing because one person would think let's give up but you just twisted it around, yeah, just naively and said, actually, it's brilliant, yeah, because we're rock right bottom. So, but the was rep was right because we never <laughs> made <it>? any, <laughs> but for the first year, we
1: never made any money. <laughs> <laughs> but you would have given up, right, if he'd said, just pack it in. We were going to give up, yeah. uh, on that first year because I thought, well, we'll, with the profits, we'll buy a new Mercedes Benz, which in those. Days was about six thousand pound for a brand right. new one, yeah. And um, and I was looking forward to going on holiday and having a new Mercedes Benz. And um, and then the accountant said, "Well, you you've not made anything, yeah. Fifteen hundred pound, and you've got that in extra stock. So all the work that we had done. I mean, yeah. I was still building at the time, so we was running the building business, and we was running this shop. All the work we'd done." Was nothing, and we sold it. uh, Well, sold it. We agreed to sell it. The shop, yeah. This shop, yeah. And uh, a rep came in on Friday, and we was having some fish and chips with him. He's a big guy. He was about thirty stone, and he used to come. And he used to have a market stall, and 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 he always used to buy stuff off us, but for less than we paid for it. For somehow he, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how he did it, (laughs) but he did it. And um, he, I said, well, Carl, we'll. um, we won't see you anymore because we're selling the shop. I'm signing for it at two o'clock this afternoon. And he <sighs> dragged me out of the shop and he said, why are you selling it when you've done all this work, you've done all the groundwork, yeah, and you're just about to make it, why are you selling it? I said, Be- because we're not making any money. I said, we're in the wrong position. And he swung me round. I was outside, and he got hold of my collar and he lifted me off. And he swung me round like a rag doll and he yeah. pointed me up and down. We was on the main street coming in and going out of Peterborough. And he says, and you can't make, he says, because you're doing it wrong. Your mind is wrong. Right. And um, and within 10 minutes, it convinced me that we should stick to it. And and I, I went in and I said, no, to and we're keeping it. Yeah. Now, I couldn't say whether we would make a success tomorrow or whether it, it go downhill and um but we changed our mindset right yeah and uh we brought stuff out and we hung it all over the shop front to attract people and then got in trouble with the local council for messing up the uh the sidewalk um (laughs) people can do it nowadays yeah uh, yeah but they they couldn't do it in those days um so we had an argument with the council and um uh, uh, but that started, you know, and then we started pre- um, um, the advertising. Yeah. And um, one thing leads to another. So, so that was just sort of kiddie care, obviously. we did not called that at the start. It, that was, was called, called Rainbow Warehouse. Rainbow Warehouse. And then a year later, 19, I think, 80, yeah. um, we sold it as a going concern. But in 1979, yeah. we wanted to knock all the walls out and um, we hadn't got any money. Right, And so I went to the estate agent. I said, we need a bigger shop yeah. somewhere else. And he said, why? When you're now established, why don't you stay there? And I said, well, because all of our money is tied up in the bricks and mortar, yeah. and I want to rent a shop. And he says, do a sale and lease back. Okay. I said, what's that? Yeah. He said, well, one of my companies will buy it from you yeah. for 8,000 pound, you give us 20 pound a week. Right, yeah. And for 21 years, you've got the lease. And I thought, He's going to give me 8,000. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give him 20 pound.
0: Yeah.
1: Can't be bad. I didn't think of the <laughs> yeah. 21 year commitment <laughs> lease. Yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden, I'd got the money there to buy extra stock. Yeah. I've got some money to go out and buy three houses as well, because I could buy three derelict terraced houses yeah. uh, in those days for like 2,000 each. So I'd got more work doing those up and... Um, Marilyn had got more stock in the shop, and so we leveraged that. And then a year later, you couldn't get anybody else in the shop. It was crowded because wow. we'd got more stock. Yeah, People were queued up outside this place, and we sold it as a going concern and went and rented uh, another place five times the size wow. across the other side of Peterborough. So that was a stop obviously the, the name change and so, changed it because I sold the rainbow warehouse as a, as, okay. as a going concern Got it. Got it got so it. we said who do we admire? Yeah in this industry? Well, there was only one company to admire really Um, and and that was Mothercare. I mean, they were great. Yeah, they would got hundreds of shops they were doing everything right. We looked up to them uh, as the as the greatest people which they were yeah, and and so what could we have similar? To mother care. Yeah, so we call it kiddie care. Yeah, so it's easy So you you emulate the people that you admire.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, and it makes sense You just don't try and break something that's not broken kind of thing. No. So uh, so from, from kiddie care, because a lot of my listeners are in business And obviously, they see the headline of the the 100 million, obviously, the sale price. So that growth, because everyone's thinking now, yeah, we can start a shop, we can do that. Talk us about the growth and the challenges in growing that to a mega business.
1: Right. Yeah. So it was one day at a time. And it was like uh, we was looking all the time. We were restless. Yeah. We wanted... We, we wanted more and more and more. And when I say more and more and more, the customers drove it because they used to come in and say, do you have this brand? Uh, and it's like, no, no. And we, and in those days, you, you've got to be established to have like Silver Cross. And it took us five years. Uh, Silver Cross is a brand of, yeah, uh, yeah. of a, a pram. Yeah, it took know. us five years of asking could we have... And it was like, no, you, your shop's not good enough. Your shop's not big enough. Uh, we've got other people. You're not... You haven't got the uh, ability. Right, you haven't yep. got the knowledge. So we're not giving our brand to you. Yeah. So you have to work at it. So instead of being despondent, each year we went uh, to their um, show and each year we wrote a letter afterwards saying, thank you very much for, uh, uh, f- for taking us around. Could we? And it was no. And it was like... You know, you have to court these people. Yeah. And, and so that after five years, somebody in Peter were closed down um, and, and, and we got that. But it was that uh, times 150 times, you know, because we was we was wanting everybody's brands yeah. and um, you had to become the best. Yeah. You had to partner with these people and say, I will sell your product properly. I will display it properly. I will pay my bills. I will um, do everything you want me to do. So it was being humble, yeah, really, uh, because we wanted to serve the customer. Yes. With that product, and to get that product, we had to be humble to these people yeah. and, and help them get what they wanted. So... We was fighting all the time with ourselves to um, to improve ourselves. Yeah, uh, and uh, and we use what is nowadays called the Kaizen method. Yeah, you know, one small step at a time. Well, I was using that like forty years ago. Forty, you know, one yeah. small step at a time. Yeah. Because when you go into your business at eight o'clock in the morning and then you close the door at six o'clock at night. Your business should have changed in some form or other. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just one little thing, it should have changed because if it doesn't change, you're stagnant, and somebody else, some other business, has changed, and they're taking your, they're taking your business away from you, and you yep. don't even know who it is. And so, therefore, our business had to change. We had to. Uh, be better than we was yesterday. We had to treat the customer better. We had to get more products in. We had to give better service. And yeah. this was day after day after day. And, of course, then we had to be innovative. Like uh, uh, we will – how do you get the customers in, right? How, how does one shop – I mean, this is after the third shop. But yeah, yeah. How do you get customers to, to come from – two, three, four hours away. Mothercare was doing it with putting a shop in every village, every town. And we started, we tried that and we got up to three shops. And Marilyn and I didn't like it because the thing was we decided we'd work together. When you get three shops, you're working apart. Yes. So the model had broken. Yeah. And so although those shops were doing all right, it wasn't what we wanted, and you have to have your core values and and what you want, your dreams of what you want. It's to, and if it, that dream is to work together, yeah, working in three shops didn't it didn't work. You're just yeah. putting fires out and racing around, and so we sold those two shops as going concerns, and then it was amazing that the shop that we worked in then exploded. Yeah, I wouldn't explode. I mean, the takings went up. So we saturated that area within an yeah. hour. How do you get people to come two hours, three hours, or four hours? You pay them to come.
0: Well, okay, and, uh,
1: nobody's Nobody's ever done it no, no. before. Yeah. And nobody's ever done it since. We used to advertise in the maternity book. So people get uh, pregnant, and they get a book, and it shows what the doctor's yep. appointments and that. So we took an advert in there, and we'll pay you petrol. Uh with no, you don't have to buy anything, <laughs> Just pay you don't have it. to yeah. buy anything because we were now confident salespeople, we were now confident, we'd got all the brands, yes. So, when people used to come in, so, um, we, we had their wives as salespeople for us, yeah. mentally, because the husband would go, why why would I go from uh, Derby, for instance, it's yeah. only one and a half hours, yeah. why would on a Saturday, yeah. when I could watch football or whatever, why would I go to Peterborough to look at a pram and go, come all the way back? Yeah, and go. Yeah. Okay, so we appealed to the uh, lady yeah. because we've got all the brands that she wanted yeah. and everything, the, the, the biggest, best display. And she'd got to appeal to her husband. You can get it. You get your petrol paid. Yeah. Free. You don't have to buy anything. And he goes, oh, I thought I'd have to buy something. No. you yeah. Take me down there. Yeah. Get your petrol paid. We don't have to buy anything. Now, when they came in with a maternity book in their hand, yeah, we would approach them. We wouldn't say, "Can I help you?" We would approach and say, "Oh, um, have you had your petrol paid?" And they go, "No, we're not bought anything." Yeah. They go, "That's all right. I'll pay your petrol. Where do you come from?" Yeah. Blah blah blah. Give me your um, license. Yeah. Give them the money and say, "Do you want a cup of tea?" Cash. You give them. Yeah, ca- give them the cash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Out the till, give them the cash, and they go, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> Now, we've got salespeople, they're pramologists. So it took two years to train somebody to be a pramologist. Yeah. In other words, a pramologist is somebody who knows more than the customer. Right. Yeah. So you go into so many shops now and with the internet, you can learn in half an hour about a product, a camera or something, and you'll know more than the shop assistant. And that's just so wrong. The shop assistant should know more than the customer. Yeah. So we had a we had a training system to make people pramologists and they knew more than the customer. So after two hours of going through everything, do you think those people would come back to Derby without a carload? (laughs) No. If you could if you could we've given them a cup of tea, free. The kids had orange juice and biscuits, free. The guy got his petrol money. Free, right? They'd been courted by a primologist for two hours who knew their business. Why wouldn't they buy from us? Given everything, why wouldn't they buy from us? They they liked us. They trusted us. The guarantee started from when the baby was born, not from the day we sold it. That was another thing. Why would people give a guarantee from the day that they was that sold the product maybe six months before the baby's born yeah we you know we talk about disrupting an industry yes we disrupted that industry because it was never heard of yeah yeah when the baby's born you put the date on
0: yes yeah
1: yeah. you start the guarantee yourself and people go well you trust us yeah Go, well, you can't bring a 16 year old in and say <laughs> yeah. the wheels fell off the pram, yeah. can you? <laughs> you know, yeah, we do trust, wow, you. Well, I, we I do trust that. you. I love trust
0: you. That was amazing. Was it either you came up yourself or was that a yeah, good yeah. No, we just came up with it. Yeah, and we, it's so simple. Oh, my
1: yeah. father, my father um, said to us the day we went into business, Ig garamcha. That's the only thing you need to know about business. Ig garamcha. Okay. Garamchar. I go, what are you talking about, Dad? He says, "One cup of hot tea." One, <laughs> That's cup, yeah. Oh, yeah, one yeah, yeah. cup of yeah. hot tea. I said, "What?" He says, "Well, when I was in India, yeah, yeah, and um, uh, they used to drag you in, you know, the yeah. shops and give you a cup of hot tea. The hotter the better, because you stayed there <laughs> longer. Then they didn't try and sell it. They befriended you. Yeah, yeah. And if you'd got, if you saw something that you liked and." you felt obliged because it's Person who'd give you a cup of tea yeah. and um, <laughs> yeah, and so but if you if you like something well, why buy it from anywhere else? Why not buy it from yeah. the person who give you a cup of tea? So a PL Char I didn't realize we'd been in business eight years <laughs> before I implemented that All right Okay, you know, and then it kind of exploded We'd give a million cups of tea away the biscuits We used to go to cash and carry each week and get a pallet load of biscuits Yeah,
0: yeah. you know
1: and an orange juice and stuff like that and That's still happens
0: in to this day if you go to India it still happens you yeah know, they, they give it to you yeah and I think a lot of brides go shopping for their Indian wear and they'll actually dress up in the actual suit and show you how it looks so they overdo it so that's amazing yeah, amazing yeah. That so yeah
1: so that was the the petrol money was like how do you get and we had brainstorming sessions yeah. every week of uh, I mean, we were together 24 hours a day, you know, and it was like a brainstorming. It, we lived and breathed it, and, yeah. um, and we lived it. You
0: could say that concept you've like not created, but that concept there, if you look at the web now, Amazon, what does it do? It's, it's a central hub. Everybody goes to the site, and everything's on the site. So, you know, that centralised hub like you created, rather than having individual yeah. shops... Um, that was that was great, and and the book goes into so much detail, you know, and the story is phenomenal. So, Kitty Cat, you know, such a vast company, you grew it so far. Lots of lessons like that, uh, and they're shared in the book as well. If you, you know, we look we look at the sell, how you sold it, and what happened then. But if you were to do it differently now, what? How would you do it different? Obviously, e-commerce is here, we know that. Yeah. Was anything you've like? Let's say an entrepreneur is watching it now, starting the journey now is there anything you would do differently i I no they changed the model
1: and broke it yeah when we sold it and and so i wouldn't do things different um the 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 situation you have great customer service you are in partnership with the your suppliers yeah it took me years and years and years to understand that it was a partnership, so you choose your suppliers very wisely, yes. and um, and they become a partner, not in their business, but yeah. there was one or two businesses that we should have took a slice of, because then we would have had more control over it, and we would have got our deliveries as a um, as priority yes. and things like that. Um, but um, you, you're in a partnership with your suppliers. You are in a partnership with your employees, and you're in a partnership with uh, your customers. And I think I would have, I would know that now, whereas it took years and years and years to understand that uh, that these things happen. So I wouldn't have done it a lot different. Um, I would have had a lot more understanding about people's needs, wants. Their hopes, their dreams. Yeah. Um. So I could have took that into consideration, and um, but but apart from that, I wouldn't have done it any different because uh, he, somebody said to me the other day, uh, "How could you compete with the internet?" Well, of course you can. Yeah. Because you have your internet, and internet sales would be became 80% yeah. of our business, yeah. it was because people go, well, why why do I want to travel four hours when I can just buy it on the internet? Yeah. So on the internet, you had to be the same kind of uh, uh, salesperson as face-to-face. Yes. So we had 5,000 videos. We had how to, uh, how, how to use the product, yeah. how to fold it, how to unfold it, and stuff like that and how to use a product, we had uh, a team of people on the phones to help people. Yeah. And it was like if you ring somewhere uh, and it goes, uh, this used to go, hi, this is kitty care. You know, if you've come through the service department, you've got a 28-minute wait or a 35-minute wait. If you don't want to hold, put your phone down and ring in 20 minutes, you'll go to the front of the queue. queue. Yeah. Things like that, you don't... We had that ten years ago. You don't have it now. Yeah. People don't take care of the customer. You're on hold. Yeah. You know, there's we are we've got a big volumes of uh, people waiting, but they don't tell you how long. Yeah. They don't tell you if you ring back in 20 minutes you'll go to the front of the queue. We had that. It's good customer service. Oh, so you've sure. got a raving maniac. Yeah. With the wheel fell off, they're going to shoot you down. Yeah, they are, yeah, right? And it goes, you've got a 35-minute wait, and they go, oh, sod this, you know, and put the phone down. Yeah, yeah. They don't ring back in 20 minutes because they forget. We had people at 5 o'clock ring all those people who didn't ring back. Yeah. And they go, hi, this is Jane from Kitty Care. You rang at 2.45 today. You didn't ring back. What's How can I help you? Yeah. And they go, I was going to blow you out about... But I'm not now because your service is so good, I've got a problem. And
0: they go, that's all right, we'll sort it out. Do you think that's where, when you changed ownership, that's the core element they lost? Well, they did because they scrapped that telephone system for a start,
1: you know, to put it into a main system where nobody knew what they was doing. Yeah. So they, so lost, important, yeah. they lost that. And, um, and, and in business, I think there was a turning point yeah. when... The same kind of turning point as when I was on welfare and said, I'll burn my bridges and I will be responsible for myself and I won't go cap in hand ever again, begging. And life had been unfair for the first 24 years of my life and it's somebody else's fault that whatever happened, right? There's this tendency in business, especially when you're trying to build this business that you don't want to give stuff away and you make it uh, very often the customer's fault. Well, yeah. they, they folded it wrong, which probably they did, but, yeah. but not everybody folded it wrong. And, and they shouldn't have bought that because it doesn't work for them. And I think there was a turning point where we realized that we were fighting customers yeah. Yeah. when actually we should have been on their side.
0: Yeah,
1: And then when we got onto the customer's side because we was trying to protect the manufacturers. The manufacturers yeah. didn't want their products back. So we was the people who were trying to f- help the manufacturers by fighting the customers. Yeah. And as soon as we changed tact about fighting the customers and being on their side, we became responsible. Yeah. And if the customer's right, which 99% of them were right, we would take that product back and refund them or give them a different one. And then it was our responsibility to fight the manufacturers. Yes. And if the manufacturers fought and fought and fought, we, we said, well, we don't want to deal with you anymore. And this is where it comes in that you are in business, you are a partnership with a manufacturer. And if it doesn't, yeah. if it doesn't adhere to what your customers needs and wants are, then you shouldn't
0: be dealing with them. Yeah. Should be a master-slave relationship. Yeah. Which you get a lot of, you know, because the, the, the client will often... And we,
1: to... uh, over the years, we stopped dealing with some big brands and other companies used to ring and go, how can you stop dealing with those people? I go Because yeah. they're, they're rogues, yeah. they're thieves. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's like, well, we know they are, but we have to rely on them for like 70% of our business. And I go, but if you drop them... Yeah your customer would buy from you yes, and they would trust you. And yep. and that's what happened. Every time we dropped somebody because they wasn't customer orientated, they just wanted to uh, get rid of their product, even if it was faulty and don't, don't see it back. As soon as we got rid of them, the customer bought something else and our sales went up crazy because of the reputation and now online yep. your reputation is your last
0: customer yeah yeah it is it is we did a, a podcast the 30-day challenge where we did a reputation software white-label software for the dentist industry because the dentist industry you get one bad review no one's gonna want to go to that dentist to get the teeth pulled out like, yet yeah, they've got thousands of good reviews they've got to focus on that message. So with Kitty Cat, I want to go on to selling the business. Right. Because I think, um, and then we've got some questions towards the end. Okay. Um, So selling the business, we had a chat off air about talking about selling the business and the challenges. Yeah. Um, What did it feel like, you know, getting that money transferred into your bank? And, you know, like you said, the window of opportunity, you kind of closed the chapter in a sense. Yeah,
1: it was was right to do it. Um, We... Uh, there's a bit of uh, conflict. I'll go back to because we always every single day. We wanted money We yeah. wanted more money, but we didn't want money for the m- sake of money Yeah, we wanted money to buy paintbrushes scaffolding. Yeah. you know a, a van a truck yeah. We wanted money to buy extra stock to serve the customer We wanted money to buy a bigger building a bigger car park There was a reason why we wanted money when somebody put seventy million pound in cash into your bank, and you're out of a job, yeah, or out of a lifestyle, yeah, then it doesn't mean anything. So the money didn't mean anything because we had got nothing to do with it, yeah. You know, um, so for a, a, a time there, we was in no man's land. We was in what I call shit world because yeah. we didn't know we'd lost. Um, our meaning to life because we wasn't allowed to talk to the staff or the customers. We was there for a month in our office, shoveling bits of paper about until uh, yeah. we, we was only there two weeks and then we, we went because it was so painful. Yeah. Uh, so we had lost uh, uh, maybe all of our, like all of our friends who would see every day, there's 120 people there full time. Uh, we had lost, um, the friendships that we've got with uh, um, manufacturers and suppliers all over the world. Yes. Because people say, but you, you don't lose those friendships. You do because they're yeah. in a trade that moves on. Yes. They yeah. can't come and see you if you're in, not in that trade because they've got their work to do. Yeah. So therefore you do lose all these people and we're in a different world. Yeah, and and so therefore we had to learn once more what to do, and we got into a bit of a depression, a bit lethargic. Yeah. Until I realised that Reggie Perrin, um, Reggie Perrin, you know, he said, uh, I didn't get where I I didn't get where I am today by being down. Right. You know, and that clicked, and then you you get up and yeah and then one of our daughters joined us and one of our son-in-laws joined us and we formed a new company and then we we went off from there
0: yeah but there was a bit of a, a downer at the time we talked to Farrah about this and I talked to Grand Cardone a little bit about having that you know once you achieve something it's not about the money and I can remember when we sold the business in 2013 I was looking everywhere for a book about what happens after you sold a business. And obviously, this was written in 2014 because no one talks about it. And then after, you're like, what do you do? Like, I remember looking at the PL of the company because I still had the old login details, thinking, oh God, they're going to do better than I did. And you feel that sense of thing. But you're right, you need to just reinvent yourself. Yes. And now I, I even did. say, when I do our stuff in the academy about talking about the end in mind, I always mention a part of the talk is what's next? If you sell this business, achieve that goal what is it you want to do for me it was to help other people and go on to the Academy so after a while I figured that out it was a lot easier but you're right some people don't come out of that I mean Tyson Fury the boxer he talks about when he won the the, the fight with Klitschko he went to depression where he nearly committed suicide and you don't get that concept when you're telling me this I kind of get a sense of I understand and people might be watching thinking how can you get depressed when you made millions and millions of pounds that you did when you sold the business but if you haven't got a purpose, then it, it kind of just plays and in your mind. We was used to using money, yeah, for good,
1: whatever the good was. Yes. We was using the money yeah. to produce something, to produce yeah. more product for people, to to help people. Yeah, um, we needed a lot of money, and because we used to borrow a lot of money. Oh, one of the things was that we we did because. Um, you can be good with customers, but you've got to be good with suppliers. Yes. And notoriously yeah. uh, in the retail trade, suppliers want to get paid in 30 days. Right, yeah. They get paid in 60, 90, sometimes yeah, from yeah. the big companies, 120 days. Dickous, yeah. um, we used to say to new companies, what's your terms? And they go, 2.5%, 30 days. Yeah. Uh, what about for 14? Oh, we'll give you 5%. What, what about um, 7 yeah. Well nobody has asked that. Um yeah. what about a day? Yeah. And they go, What do you mean? And go, we pay in a day. Yeah. We pay in a day. Nobody yeah. in the industry pays in a day. This is why, again, we're disruptive. We paid in a day, but we wanted 10%. Yeah. And people go, Well, actually, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Some was seven and a half, some was five, but you know, it was like our aim was ten percent. Yeah. So Here's another thing. You've got a rep coming to you every month. He gets his commission. The company get paid the day they deliver their goods. Yeah. I would rather go to the bank and borrow millions of pounds to pay those people in a day. Yeah. Because when they come to the end of their season and they've got 4,000 push chairs left over or 5,000 cots or whatever, who are they going to ring? Yeah. They're going to ring me. Why? Because they they want their money in a day. Yeah. They want it there and then. They want it going in the bank. They don't want to go to 1,500 people to take half a dozen cots to maybe get paid in 30, 60 days. Yeah. So we, then we used to get 50% off. Wow. Right? because And so all the clearance and, and everything. So then we found we could do specials at cost and still get 100% profit. Wow. So, and people go, how do you do it? Yeah. Well, you, you marry your, your suppliers. And it's so a simple things. Very, you know? every, everything is very simple. There's some simple tricks, simple ways of yeah. business.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's all in the book yeah. and people don't see it. They don't read between the lines or they, or they think it's too simple. Well, it's not, it's not too simple. No. It's very simple, and it's very easy. Yeah, And, and if you, and it's like us, uh, people say, why don't you retire? I go, well, I, I have retired. Yeah, I retired at 24. Yeah, And they go, what do you mean 24? They go, because I come out of mainstream employment after having 17 jobs that I, I couldn't work with them um, because they'd find out you're dyslexic and, uh, you know, put you down. And not look at what you're good at. Yeah. And, um, and so therefore, uh, doing what you want to do when you want to do it. Well, the thing is, we were free. We'd got all that freedom. Marilyn were, uh, had come out of work because she'd had the baby, but it was like we worked together. Yeah. Our strengths. Yeah. And so therefore, it was like, People say retirement is doing what you want to do. Well, we was doing, we was living that. It was so people go, you've worked so hard. Yeah. You've worked like, wh- <laughs> why Why did you work over Christmas? Well, I've, we've got a customer, AstraZeneca, who wanted to take this building over. So we worked over Christmas. But that wasn't work. Yeah. That was getting uh, uh, your two thousand steps in. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> Twenty thousand steps. Twenty thousand. Yeah, sorry, I've been. Yeah. So that. so therefore, um, we we don't yeah. look at like work. It's it's our life. Yeah. It is. It's doing what we want to do. So it's um. And we could take the day off to come here. Yeah. Take the day. or I could do something else. You know. It was like every minute counts. Yeah. And. Um, and it's, the, it's in your mind. Yeah. And I forgot what we were talking about. We are talking about the
0: book. <laughs> so um, what we're gonna do, yeah. uh, you know, the book is definitely, look, I've, if you look, I'll, I highlight loads of stuff and there's so many lessons in it. So, you know, me and Neville, we could probably go, a, a long day talking about business because we love business. Uh, but you know, check out uh, um, the links for the book if you want a detailed on on Neville's talked about. Do some questions okay. and then workers, we'll, um I know we can go forever talking. So, have you got some questions from my followers, partners? Should I say not followers? <laughs> and I'm not saying that. So, um, I think you covered the first question uh, from John. Where did the name Kiddie Care come from? I think you All covered right. that. Yeah, because it was the mother care thing. Yeah. So, um, this is from Luca. So, does dyslexia help? Because he's linked Richard Branson as having dyslexia. Yeah. I touched on little things of people not being clever and that kind of thing doing well. I mean, it's hard to say, but is there kind of a link where a trait where you know is there something there that yes. you think?
1: Yeah, I okay. believe so. Cool. I believe. Uh, I, I. What did I say on the front? Um, Having dyslexia and ADH has had its advantages, has given me the drive to succeed. So one thing is you get a drive to succeed because yep. people put you down. Okay. You know, um, in the in the class where you used to have to stand up and read, I didn't even know what page we was on, yep. let alone what sentence. Yeah. You know, and it was like um, when people put you down because you, you can't – your brain doesn't uh, organise the letters – That's great because you then have to innovate and get to the same situation as uh, other people, right? So, if I went into a uh, a bar, yeah, right, didn't go into a bar very often, but if there was, um, I used to stand back because I couldn't read what beers and what, and then I used to listen to what other people look and. And as soon as they had something, what I thought was all right, and well, Guinness, I used to drink a lot of Guinness. (laughs) Not because I liked it, it's because there was a shape of a harp, and I recognised that as Guinness, and i go, I'll have a Guinness. And I was knackered, when I went into a bar, and they hadn't got a Guinness, I didn't know what to do.
0: Right, okay. And
1: so I'd stand back, and other people would be there, and then I felt... I'm always standing back. Yeah. Maybe they think I'm tight. Right. right. So <laughs> I then used to go and f- into the front. What's everybody having? Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. Because I didn't want to be looked. And then as soon as somebody said, "I'll have a pint of whatever," and I yeah. go, "Oh yeah, I'll have that."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Make yeah. that
1: too. Not because I couldn't read it. Right. So you have to innovate. And when you're in a restaurant and they say, "Oh, we don't have a menu. It's on the blackboard." Right. Uh, and and you go. I always used to position myself in a seat where I couldn't get out right so there's people around me wow. so my excuse was oh, I can't see can somebody shout out I'll, yeah. I'll have that you know it's like right. quick before before I forget what they they said. So is a goal within a goal, yeah. you know, and uh, that's how I got away with it. I can talk about it now. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if I come to a place like this, they ask to sign in. Yeah, I would have took my glasses off, yeah. think being afraid if I had to sign in for something. Oh, can you do it? Because I forgot my glasses. Or Marilyn would always step in and yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. I can talk about it now, but I was, you know, up until the age of about 40 or 50, I was too, you know, uh, self-conscious and oh. I... Yeah. Were, was,
0: even at that age, yeah. I'm thinking now the Paul's Gascon event I saw you at the ball and you were standing back. I'm thinking, was I there? But <laughs> you, you're talking yeah. about it now. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, it has it's, think its advantages. Yeah, and you learn, uh, you
1: you learn how to do things in a different in a different way. And yeah. chess, I could, I yeah, because chess the book, is don't you? brilliant because you're anticipating what the next person's going to do right okay so it's like uh you can work your moves out yes and because you can't do something you don't want people to find out yeah you know and then you feel guilty because you're not being truthful in a way but who's gonna you know in those days if you go i can't read well you're stupid you know and that's the word that you got all the time stupid Yeah. yeah so um so it did definitely help yeah
0: so oh yes Definitely. Cool. So um, one from Sandeep. How were you able to stand out in a very busy market? So I know you touched on the stuff that you did with getting people to drive up and that. Was that one of the key? Yeah, was, I
1: think uh, I think there's a saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right, okay. So therefore, when people come in to this shop, and they realize how much you cared, right. then the, the word spread. You know, people go, I wanna get into this business because there's loads of money. Never no, forget about that because yeah. you're never gonna make any money with wanting to make loads of money. Yeah. It's a byproduct of doing something, of caring. Yes. So I cared about Marilyn, Marilyn cared about me, so therefore we worked together. Didn't matter what we did, you could do, we could do anything, couldn't we? it didn't matter. We looked, yeah. we wanted to look after each other. Yeah. And then everything we needed to invest all the money that we got to make our business stronger. Yeah. And to be secure. And it was a byproduct. So what was the question? So, you know, how were you able to stand out in, in a mock So how was we able to stand out? Well, we stood out because of the because we cared. cared, yeah, we yeah. did. We stood out because we gave egg piala child. We gave the cup of tea. Yeah. We went one further. We gave orange juice to the kids. We all oh, right. So you come in and you go hi. How are you doing today? And they go fine. Um, uh, and they and we'd say, do you want a cup of tea? Yeah. And the bloke would go. He's thinking, how much? How much? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and they go, no, no. And, and I'd go to the wife, do you want a cup of tea? Yeah, yeah. It's free. And they well, yeah, well, I'll have it. And he goes, well, I'll have one as well. And if you didn't get through to the wife and the and the husband, yeah. and they've got kids, yeah, yeah. because they were standoffish, they think, you're going to sell me something, and I don't want to be sold anything. Yeah, I've yeah. only come to look. And you say to the kids, do you want an orange and some biscuits? Can they have an orange and some biscuits, mum? And they go, yeah. Oh well, if they're going to have an orange and biscuit, well, we might as yeah. well have a cup of tea. So it went from orange and biscuits to to uh, hot chocolate, a cup of soup, yeah. and things like. That. It's all free. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, then the petrol, then the then the guarantee starts when the baby's born, and then all that con- every little thing. Yeah, people go, give me three things if it's a success of your business. God, no, there's a, a three things. Yeah, there's there's Hundreds, little, little things, yeah. thousands of little, tiny little things that
0: yeah. that makes us stand out from the crowd. Yeah, it's interesting because we went to Aston Martin, didn't we? Just for I just went there because I owned one. You get invited to test drive it, and they had it's in Nottingham. I don't know if you've been there, yeah. really nice. Yeah, the cake there, the kids, and everything. And I went from just going in there to test driving their new Vantage to nearly buying it before <laughs> Mandy said, "Well, hiding the kids in the car." So I said, have, yeah. you, have you got a four-seater? <laughs> they put the four-seater. So we're trying to get these big yeah. Recaro yeah. car seats in the back. Yeah. And uh, she said, okay, And then it's that little thing, you know, yeah. just going in there yeah. and making it feel welcome and actually caring. Yeah. And I think that's lost now. You know, if you go to so, so many dealerships now, they lose that. But these type like Aston Martin, they really look after you, even though uh, you're not looking to buy it. But yeah, yeah, definitely caring um, 100%. So, okay, we've covered uh, what would you do differently today. Obviously, we've covered that. Um yeah I think we've covered most of the questions. The question last one was from Paul was how would you do things differently today um in ever changing technology but I suppose you'd evolve, oh, well, you would evolve you
1: evolve every yeah. day. I
0: mean we we
1: had um five generations of, of our site, you know yeah. platforms and what have you. Um I le- used to leave that to um uh, other other people obviously yeah. Yeah. and and the thing is you've just got to think what does a customer want and and how do you get that and then you gather people around you who can do that yes can make your hopes wants dreams come true yeah by and it's looking at every little thing every i mean amazon we buy stuff off amazon every day you know it's so easy yeah you know but but why isn't it easy for everybody else to do it um and um yeah we our 80 percent of our market was was online you know but you had to have a shop because you got all the returns so yes. w- y- y- there's there's lots and lots of things behind that that you can either lose money or make money on yeah so it is um leveraging everything yeah and um and with technology today you just go on and on and on and be in the forefront yeah. and it changes
0: and you keep changing with it you've got you've got I mean in business when I talk about business is you mentioned about you know always been when you're going to office you've got to come out a bit you know a bit better and I always say and I've learned this myself is there's no coasting you're either going down or you're going up yeah and you've got to evolve if something came to your business and you're still running it now you'd evolve yeah you'd find a way I mean we we dropped
1: Amazon as a seller for us yeah and when, what year was that then? Was uh, that was um, 2009. Okay. Because we were doing about 75,000 a week with them. Yeah. And we dropped them in two days uh, because they wasn't compatible with our business. Yes. They wanted us to be the uh, main people in nursery, yeah. which we, we was. We put about, I think, 600 products on, maybe more. Um, we delivered them from our own warehouse, so we, they wasn't delivering. And, sure, um, yeah. uh, and what we found was that uh, th- if we had a good seller, yeah. their system saw that yeah. and then they went and bought direct right. and undercut us. And they was doing that with different products. Yeah. So they wasn't compatible because our customers were complaining. Yeah, yeah. And so therefore we took them off. Their prices automatically went up, and we did them on our own website. Yeah. You know. So uh, and again we were doing seventy five thousand pounds a week with them, and um, and as soon as we dropped them, we we actually took that and plus more. Wow. So we didn't lose anything. We gained. Yeah. We gained by not
0: having that person um, doing a light like for light. Just like. making that decision. Yeah. Because you know, most people don't make that decision. But yeah, I want to thank you. One last question I want to ask you. There's loads of questions from the book. Was um, Jordan, uh, was it Pete, Jordan, um, Katie? Katie Price. You did, did sponsorship, didn't you? On, um, what was that show called, Monday? The story. Yeah. Jo- um, Pete and Katie. <laughs> Real life story, oh. I can, yeah. I can remember looking Westside, at that. Side, east side, yeah, what, what was that like? Because state stateside. stateside. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Because you went there and then it... Fantastic. You, you took a risk, well, you, you yeah. got a discounted price. Yeah. And how, how did that come about and how did it work? Did they... Well, they, well, for a start, they were lovely people. Yeah. Not what they was portrayed on on the television.
1: Yeah. They, they, was, they were superb. And then there's so many people going, why have you advertised with her yeah and you go well how do you know you yeah. go well we watched it oh so you watch it do you <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh no it was on and yeah. i just but i it was, it was fantastic yeah um that was fantastic for us and um the apprentice was fantastic for us yeah and and, and what product
0: did they buy from because you mentioned they bought you salt. you bought them as much stock was it You bought some units from one of the apprentices, did you? How did that all work about the apprentice? Yeah, yeah. So the apprentice come along, and they said,
1: "We're going to. We've chosen your company." Yeah. And they they never allow you to uh, see the product. Yeah. All right, and I'm going. Look, we've got people who buy cots, prams, clothes. Different buyers for different things. So they all they all sat there and they presented something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and I said to the uh, buyer, it was a little suit, yeah, how many similar suits did you buy last year?
0: Yeah.
1: And um and they go, thirty thousand. And they go, Well, that's no diff this suit is no different. It changes colour with the temperature of the baby. Right. So okay. it was yeah. a plus. Yeah. So it's the same sort of suit as we buy anyway. Yeah. So I said, Well just put your to Put an order in for the year on it, yeah. 30,000, and it was the biggest order that the apprentice had ever got. Yeah, um, so and then uh, it was in the Sun newspaper the following day that it was uh, uh um, contrived that it yeah. Yeah. and it wasn't. Oh, okay, so, you, so we got advertising yeah, in yeah. the Sun newspaper, yeah, which, and it was which like, you can't pay for, you know, you, yeah, and we didn't pay for it. Yeah. And we got advertising on um the apprentice for having the biggest order. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you make these things to your advantage. Yeah, definitely. You do.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. So there we are. That's business. I want to thank you for, for coming down. And to for sitting there patiently watching yes, his yes, uh, yes, interview. Indeed. Um, and uh, so guys, just check out the podcast and it'll be on the YouTube video. Make sure you check out the book. We'll share the links and uh, check out Neville's amazing guy. Amazing story. And it's a true honour to have you in the studio today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. (laughs)